The Weekly Charge, a podcast for kids and families where we take a little time to charge as we plug in, power up, and press on with Christ. Simon, also called Peter, Chapter 6, Evangelist Forty Days For forty days after leaving the tomb empty, Jesus appeared to the disciples and to other followers. He ate with them and taught them and performed miracles. And on the fortieth day, he brought them to a mountain in Galilee. Like so many other times, they did not know what to expect when they went with him. At the top of the mountain, Jesus turned to them and spoke to them as he had done so many other times. Memories of other times when Jesus had used a mountain so he could speak to crowds of people came back to the disciples. They remembered his teachings about the kingdom of heaven and his stories that explained the truth of scriptures and prophecies that Jesus would tell. Standing on the mountainside, Jesus said to them, I am going to want you to go back to Jerusalem. When you are there, you are to wait for the gift my father promised. You have heard me speak of this before. Now you will go and you will wait for it. Because John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They did not know exactly what he meant by this, but that was nothing new. How many times had they heard Jesus speak about something they did not understand? He had told them about his own death, and they didn't understand. He had told them he would not stay dead, and they did not understand. But it all happened, just like he said it would. This would be no different. Peter knew that if he did what Jesus said, the gift would come to them. They may not understand it right now, but they would, in a few days, just like Jesus said. But there were some questions that burned in the hearts of the disciples. If Jesus was the Messiah, that meant he would do what the prophets promised. One of the disciples asked, Is now the time? Is now the time that you will restore the kingdom of Israel? Jesus shook his head. My father has set that time, and it is not for you to know the dates or the times for that to happen. Instead, Jesus said, I want you to think about people here, now. I want you to preach repentance and forgiveness to the world. It will start here in Jerusalem, but then you will go into the whole world. I want you to make disciples of all nations. I want you to tell them what I have told you. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit will be given to you soon, and you will receive power, and people will see miracles wherever you go. Jesus put out his hand in the direction of Jerusalem. So go to Jerusalem. That is where the Holy Spirit will come to you. Then go to all Judea. Go to Samaria. Go to the ends of the earth. Jesus raised his hands over the disciples, and then, looking up to heaven, he said, My Father in heaven, bless these men. After he said these things, he began to rise into the air. The disciples watched in amazement as he floated upward, higher and higher. The men watched and asked each other what was going on. Jesus floated higher and higher, and the sight of him grew smaller and smaller, until he was so high up that a cloud hid him. The disciples squinted and looked and tried to see him, but he was gone. Then a voice called out to them, 
Men of Galilee. They all looked around to see who had spoken to them. And they were surprised to see that there were not 11 men standing on the mountain, but 13. But no, these were not men. They were angels. Why are you staring up at the sky? One of them said. The other angel said, Jesus has been taken into heaven, but he will come back just as you saw him go. Peter turned to his friends. We should do as Jesus said, he told the others. We should go to Jerusalem and we should wait there for this gift that's been promised. When they got back to Jerusalem, they went into the room they had been using to hide from the chief priests and their people 50 days ago. Now it was no longer a dark place to hide away. Now it was a place of activity and life. The eleven disciples used this room to pray together, and they were not alone. The women who had followed Jesus also joined them in that room, praying alongside the men. Jesus' mother, Mary, and his brothers also joined them. Jesus' brothers had not believed what Jesus said before he died, but after Jesus returned from the dead, they could no longer ignore what their brother had said. So what do we do now? John asked. We've been waiting for what Jesus would say was going to happen, but what should we do until then? Yeah, James said, and how long should we wait? As the days passed, more and more followers of Jesus joined them in that room. Some of them were people who had followed Jesus from the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. We're no longer just twelve anymore, Peter said. No, not with Judas gone, John said. We're eleven. Peter looked at his friend. I meant that our numbers keep growing with every passing day. But you're right. Peter looked at the group of men and women who were with them on that day. There's a hundred and twenty of us here. But our number, the number of apostles who lead, should be twelve, shouldn't it? That's how many Jesus chose. John agreed. So what should we do? Whoever takes Judas's place should be someone who was there from the beginning to the end, from the time Jesus called us to the time Jesus left us. John looked at the group of people. There are two people like that, he said, Matthias and Barsabbas. With a nod and a smile, Peter said, I was thinking the same thing. John's brother James, who was also one of the three disciples that Jesus paid special attention to, said, well, how should we decide? We shouldn't, Peter said. We should let God decide. He stood up and addressed the others who were in the room. Brothers and sisters, we have seen many scriptures be fulfilled in the things our Lord said and did. But there were other things that were fulfilled too, like the prophecy that David made about Judas. The room got very quiet as Peter spoke about the man who betrayed Jesus. Judas led the people who arrested Jesus to that special place where Jesus would go with us to pray. What he did was terrible. He was one of us, and he helped us with our ministry. The crowd murmured, and some of them talked about their own feelings about Judas and what he had done. He was dead now, dead by his own hand. Everything about his story was tragic. Some of them wondered when he had decided to betray Jesus. All of them wondered why he had chosen to do it. But as it says in the Psalms, may another take his place of leadership. So we have been talking, and we have decided to choose someone to take Judas's place as one of the twelve. Someone who has been with us the whole time Jesus was with us, 
And there are two men here like that, Barsabbas and Matthias. The crowd murmured again, this time in agreement. These two men were good choices. But how do we choose between them? Someone asked. They're both good men. They both love the Lord and have followed him well. Yes, Peter said. We will pray, and then we will cast lots. Casting lots was something often that was done to make a decision between two things or people. When it was something unimportant, it was almost like a game. Someone would hold two sticks, and then someone else would pick one. If they picked the short stick, they lost. Or someone would have two stones, and if the other person picked the right stone, they would win. But when there was an important decision, it was not just a game. Instead, they would do the same thing. Maybe with a stone, maybe with a stick, or maybe with dice. But they would pray first and ask God to help them make the right choice. So when they cast the lots, God would show them what he wanted. So Peter prayed, Our Lord, you know the hearts of these two men here. Show us which of these two men should take the place of Judas as one of the twelve. Everyone else prayed with Peter, and then he cast lots. The lot fell to Matthias, and the number was not eleven anymore, but twelve again. It was now Pentecost, the day of a special feast to celebrate the beginning of the wheat harvest. It was now ten days after Jesus had gone up into heaven, and the disciples had done as Jesus said. They had stayed in Jerusalem, waiting for that gift that Jesus had promised. As they talked and prayed together on that day, a sound could be heard inside the house. It started softly, like a gentle breeze, and then it grew into a louder and stronger wind. What's happening? Some of them said, scared and confused. The wind was only felt and heard inside the house. It was not coming from outside. Suddenly, in the middle of the room, they saw flames. The fiery flames leapt in the air in front of them, and smaller flames broke away from the larger fire, and the flames came over the heads of everyone in the room. As the leader of Jesus' followers, the others looked to Peter, not knowing what to do. No one was getting hurt by the flames. Instead, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter looked around as people began speaking in tongues. The words coming out of their mouths were not Hebrew words or Aramaic words. They were speaking in other languages. Because of the Pentecost feast, there were many people from other countries who believed in God and followed the Jewish traditions. And the people outside in the busy street heard the noise inside the house where the followers of Jesus were. They heard the wind. They heard the flames. And they heard the people speaking. A crowd started to gather outside the house. Peter went outside with some of the Christ followers, and outside they started talking to the people in the crowd, and everyone they talked to heard them speak in their own language. People from Rome and Mesopotamia and Egypt and all over the region heard these men speaking perfectly in their own language. The people in the crowd were amazed, and the crowd outside the house got bigger and bigger. Some of the people ignored it, saying the Christ followers were just drunk on too much wine. But many stayed and listened and talked to the Christ followers. Peter felt a boldness he had never felt before. He felt courageous. He felt wisdom. It was the Holy Spirit in him, and he felt that he should talk to the crowd. 
He found a rock to stand on so people could see him and hear him, and he spoke loudly to everyone gathered there. Hello to all of you, fellow Jews, who live both inside Jerusalem and outside. You want to know what's going on here? I'll tell you. We're not drunk. It's the middle of the morning. No, what's happening is what the prophet Joel said. The words came from Peter's mouth, but he felt like someone else was helping him know what to say. He said the words from the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter had often spoken without thinking, usually to say something that later on he felt was stupid. But this day, he spoke words with a power and a wisdom that was not his own. This was the gift Jesus had promised. My friends, listen to me. Jesus was sent by God, and he did signs and wonders and miracles with God's power. And then he was nailed to a cross. But death was not his end. He did not stay dead. Death could not hold him. Some of the people in the crowd listened carefully because they had not heard any of this before. Some knew about something that happened with Jesus, but they did not know much about him. And some of the people listening had been there when Jesus was crucified. God raised him from the dead. No, this is true. You crucified Jesus, but God made him our Lord and our Messiah. A voice shouted out from the crowd. So what are we supposed to do? Yeah, someone else shouted. We know that Jesus did not deserve to die, but what can we do now? It was the kind of question Peter would have asked. It was the kind of question Peter would have let Jesus answer. But now, filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter knew the answer. It's simple. Turn away from your sins. Turn to Jesus, because forgiveness of sins is found in Jesus' name. Repent and be baptized, and you will be filled with God's Holy Spirit. This is for you and for your children. When he was done, he couldn't believe what he had said. He stepped down, and James, John, and Andrew and the other disciples looked at Peter in amazement. Look at what's happening. The people in the crowd listened. Many of them were talking to other Christ followers, asking them to be baptized and wanting to follow Jesus. By the end of the day, the number of people following Christ in that area went from just over a hundred to about 3,000. Peter thanked Jesus for sending the Holy Spirit because he knew he could have never done that on his own. No, Simon would not have been able to do that. But Peter, with the Holy Spirit speaking to him and guiding him, he had been able to speak in a way he had never thought he could. That's all for our story this week. The events in this week's story can be found in Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16, Luke chapter 24, and Acts chapter 1 and 2. The prophecy from Joel comes from chapter 2, and it is taken from the New International Version of the Bible. Next week, Peter and the other disciples learn what it meant when Jesus asked them to be witnesses to the world and not just to Jerusalem, as God's message gets taken to people who are not Jews. For now, as you think about this story of Peter, what is the part that you remember the most? When you think about that part of the story, what does it tell you about God? Talk about that with your family. 
When I think about this part of the story, I think about how Peter stood up and did something he had never done before, speaking with God's power and telling people about what Jesus did when he died on the cross. He became an evangelist, someone who tells other people about Jesus. Just like Jesus said, they started telling people about Jesus' special mission to save us all from our sin right there in Jerusalem. They spoke to people about repenting and turning away from their sin and turning toward Jesus. But Jesus didn't just want the disciples to tell people about God's love and to show them what Jesus did for us. He also wants us to do it. What are some ways you can think of to let people know that God loves them and that Jesus died for them? Talk about this with your family. Remember, it often takes courage to tell people that God loves them, and it takes courage to do the right thing, and sometimes it even takes courage just to help someone who needs help. And we need wisdom to help us know what to say and how to say it. But we are not alone when we do these things. God's Holy Spirit was not just for the disciples in the old days. God's Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and courage even today. You are not alone. We hope you have a great week. You can find more resources for this Life of Peter series at nmc.church. For now, thank you so much for listening. I'm Pastor Ben, and until next time, we want to remind you to charge. Plug in and connect with Christ. Power up and become like Christ. And press on by being Christ-like in the world. Weekly Charge is a production of the Napanee Missionary Church Kidman Department. You can find out more at nmc.church. You can find this podcast at nmckidman.com. I'm Pam, and as always, thanks for listening.